Welcome to the very first episode of the Good Seeds Podcast. I am Alicia Williams, the creator and the host of this platform, and I am so grateful that you decided to tune in. This podcast is a passion project of mine that was birthed in the midst of what was a challenging year for everyone. In 2020, when everything changed around us, I began to take daily walks as a means to get out and get active. What started as exercise grew into a time of reflection, introspection, and gratitude. I began to think about all the wonderful people who I have the joy of being connected to and the good seeds they have dropped into my life. My goal is to encourage, to uplift, and to share the stories of some people who are very dear to me. First up is my cousin and friend, Erica Williams. I have known Erica my whole life, and over the years, our relationship has developed into a mutually supportive friendship. When I think of Erica, I immediately think of how she shows up authentically as herself. She is joyful, a lover of music, a good two-step. Y'all can play a beat from 10 miles away and Erica gonna find a dance <laughs> and a good glass of wine. Recently, she launched So Into Wine, a website dedicated to assisting as- aspiring and current wine enthusiasts with tapping into the complexities of their palate while exploring wine as an art form. While re-listening to this conversation we had right at the top of the year, I was encouraged in so many ways and received the message I needed to take action in some current decisions that I need to make. I hope that you enjoy our conversation and from it, you are empowered to walk into every room as your most authentic self, to dive deeper into your faith and to find joy in every aspect of life. And after you listen, leave me a comment on social media. I'll drop my social media handle in the show notes, but it is alicia.m.williams on Instagram. Like and subscribe on all podcast platforms wherever you stream your podcast and share with anyone you have the honor of doing life with. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Here's my conversation with my favorite corporate thug, Erica Williams. Enjoy. So I, I want to talk to you because, uh, like I said, we've had we've had a lot of conversations one on one about purpose, about um, the challenges of life, and about um, walking in your divine assignment. Mm-hmm. And um, my hope again for this podcast is to um, put these conversations out that somebody else can get and gain from it, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and hopefully they will. Uh, anyone who listens will feel a little more hopeful, a little more um, um, connected, and and will also feel in some way, even if it's a small way, empowered to walk in their purpose in life. Um, so I guess I should start by saying this. I've known you my entire life. <laughs> um, True story. Um, yep, my entire life. You sent me some pictures recently. I was like, oh my gosh, Easter what, 96? Um, no, that was actually Easter of 1991. 91. Wow. Yeah, 1991. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I literally know you my entire life. So let's talk about first how we know each other. So people, uh, um, people know why I'm in it, you know, why we know each other. So <laughs> my cousin Shawty. Um, and, um, I, I call you my favorite corporate thug. So tell folks who you are and what you do. Well, um, I am Alicia's cousin, born and raised in Savannah, Georgia, and I will be seaport for life. All day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but my journey 
after Savannah State, I, I decided to go to Savannah State and I graduated with a bachelor's in business administration in 2012. And throughout my matriculation at Savannah State, I knew that my purpose was so much larger than staying home. Mm -hmm. It's nothing wrong with people who decide to, to remain home, to, to continue and build their career, but I wanted more for myself. Yeah. I actually began in doing uh, internships my sophomore year of college. So my sophomore year of college, I had a chance to intern with a, a government agency. And with the government agency, I realized I was there for two and a half years. I realized I didn't like what I was doing. And it was easy for me to walk away from something during an internship when I was still in the comfort of my parents' home, instead of me having to walk away from a career 10, 15, down, 10, 15 years down the line and I say, oh, I don't like it. Mm -hmm. I had the option to choose something else. And that option came uh, just even uh, two years later so in 2000, 2011-ish, I had a chance to intern with another uh, manufacturing company. And I was like, oh, I like the manufacturing side of things. And it opened my eyes and it allowed me to actually build relationships with individuals that wanted to see me grow in my career. I didn't know which pathway I wanted to take. I just knew that I wanted to be an accountant. I knew I possibly wanted to be an auditor, but I needed people to help like, graft me and mold me to, to push me into where I needed to be. And those individuals were at, uh, at, the at the manufacturing company I interned with. They were so instrumental in guiding me into the career that I chose post-graduation. Mm -hmm. Never gave me, they gave me a blueprint that I didn't know I needed. And it was, it was instrumental because those relationships didn't just begin in 2011, 2012, that relationship I still have with those individuals today. And it's 2020, it's 2021. Yeah. And I understood the value of building relationships so that I could actually have the career that I potentially want. No, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm one step further than where I was in 2015. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, one thing, let's backtrack though. Let, let's not, yeah. um, Skip it over this. You went to you went to Savannah State, which 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 I believe, and I think maybe you shared this, is the greatest university this side of heaven. You know, that's that's just what it is. Um, but y'all, she didn't just go to Savannah State. You went to Savannah State. You you like killed it. Let's be clear. Okay. Let's let's stop being modest. <laughs> okay. Um, President Second Mile Award graduated. Is it summa or magna cum laude? It was magna. Magna. Okay. Great. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> out the gate killed it let's be very clear and took 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 advantage of every opportunity that was given like that was presented to you and didn't and I, I think that it's, it's the same thing along the lines of you know you knew that you wanted more you knew that you mm -hmm. wanted something you know different um and you you went after it like you went after yeah. it step by step like you all right I'm gonna go for this internship okay I'm gonna go back another year for this internship and I'm gonna go mm -hmm. for this other internship and this in this other um this other environment so you you didn't just it wasn't like oh I just I went to school real quick and you know I did a no 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 let's be clear oh yeah <laughs> killed it, it, killed it, it, it was a, it was a process and there was a lot of work involved to get me where I was with all the various internships and surely I didn't do it alone I guess yeah yeah and you you I mean beasted it yeah you know I mean I would I yeah. like I every opportunity I got I was like y'all know Erica got like a a, a, a 
a 4.55 GPA, you know what I'm saying? It's, that was yeah. not true because I, I had to see my way out of some courses. And I am not ashamed of it, but I made it, I made it through. And yeah. 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 And I, if anybody know about seeing their way out of courses, I saw my way all the way through chemistry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so you talk about like those relationships, building relationships to help you get to where you are. Like um, in this process that you, what did you learn about yourself in the process of getting to, to now? I think the biggest thing that I had to learn about myself was to stop, stop sacrificing who I was and just bring my authentic self to the table. When I first began my postgraduate career, I wasn't being myself. Mm-hmm. making sure that my hair was a certain way, my nails were a certain way. Yes, I work, I'm working in a corporate environment, but I didn't feel like I was 100% Erica Christian Williams. I wasn't 100% the person that my parents raised me to be and who I knew I was in Christ. I just wasn't that person because I was being molded and I was trying to fit into everybody else's box of who I thought I should be in a corporate setting. I thought I was going to get my CPA license, but I had the realization I wasn't sitting for the CPA exam for me. I was sitting for everybody else. Mm. But at the end of the day, it's not about what other people think. It was about what I wanted for myself. And eventually the light bulb went off. Stop wasting your time and stop wasting your money because those three letters aren't going to make you and get you where you need to be for your portion of your career. Mm-hmm. Just, I kept going, I failed test after test. And of course it was discouraging, but after I just let everything go and I just sat down and I, I truly prayed about the path that I should take, I realized that I don't have to, to, to do and mold myself and be a part of everyone else's journey that they think I should have. The only path that's designed just for me. Yeah, ooh, that's so good. That's so good, because I, I think, um, even now there's sometimes where I'm challenged with, um, conforming to what mm-hmm. I believe people want me to do. Um, and who, who like fitting into this image. Um, and so to hear you say, you have to sit down and say, you know what, who am I doing this for? Mm-hmm. Am I doing this for me? Am I doing this for others? Um, and you mentioned, so you, you mentioned, you know, going through this process and parts of, you know, being discouraged because you were taking exams over and over again. Um, so what, when, when, when that happened, when the light bulb came on, when you said, you know what, I'm going to be authentic and true to myself. Talk about that. Like when, when the shift happened, like, what did that look like for you? The, the shift was only two and a half years ago. I'm all the way out here in Denver and the company that I'm working for, they wanted, they paid for me to retake the exams again. So I started the process once again thinking that this is what they wanted me to do. But the reality is not, they didn't, it, it didn't matter to them whether I passed it or not. They wanted me to do what felt best for me. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to, to conform to their standards, but it really wasn't a standard that they wanted from me. Yeah. So once, once, once the light bulb clicked, I literally just had a, a talk with my boss and I said, I don't think I want to do this. And we sat down and we looked at the chart of my career for maybe a ne- for the next year to year and a half. And we charted out a pathway that would be more suitable for what I potentially want to do in internal audit. 
that doesn't that looks like yes i'll take a certification course but it's not to the extent and it won't be as strenuous as what the the cpa exam would be but she sat down with me and said this is what we can do to help you and as long as you're willing to put in the work we're here to guide you through the process and i think it's so important to work for individuals and work with a team that they're they're willing to not allow you to settle they yeah. want the best for you so I'm grateful for the folks I work with, especially here in, in 2020 with COVID. It was just good to work for a team that, that actually cared about your growth, even when things felt a little bit stagnant. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Um, you t- And you talk about bringing your full authentic self to the table. So you um, folks can't folks listening can't see you. Um, but you are, you know, you, we cousins, you, you, you're a black woman, but you, you are, you know, walking to a corporate space, head shaved on the side. And let me tell y'all, um, Erica likes a good, if you, you can turn on a beat from 10 miles away. Okay. You can, Erica can hear the wobble, a little whisper of the wobble from a mile away. And, and I'm going to be to the dance floor where I am. She going to get, she going to get in the dance now. She going to get in a good two step. If you, if somebody two-stepping, Erica going to be there either leading or she ain't far behind. Um, and so when you like, how, how does your, how do your colleagues, how does the company respond to you? Just like, this is what y'all get. I'm me. <laughs> I remember when I was battling with, should I get a tapered cut or not? And at this point I was already wearing my Afro to work. And for the most part, people don't truly comment on it. I'm an individual. When I go into work, I'm going to do my job, but I'm going to look my best while doing it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to always have on heels because I'm only 5'3", so I actually want to sit a little taller. So maybe I could be 5'6 on, on Monday through Friday. And then I always had on bright colors and then paisley prints. So when you saw me, you knew it was me walking through the door. So the decision to... To, to shave my head and get a taper cut, it was more for me versus anybody else. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I walked into the office that Monday, they're like, oh, you cut your hair. It looks amazing. What more could they have said? Right. Or they weren't going to say, oh, you should pack your bags. We don't like your haircut. You need to go. No, that wasn't, that, that wasn't going to happen. But I cut my hair for me. And I enjoy being in a corporate space and having a tapered cut and feeling like I can still accomplish my job, go into a meeting with the CEO or CFO of my companies, and they still hear the words coming out of my mouth, regardless of how I look. Yeah. More important. Yeah. Yeah. And so often people are so distracted by um, other things, you know, distracted by, you know, maybe nails, maybe hair, maybe the way I look different from what they expect is the norm, what they perceive to be professional or whatever, that you can't yeah. see the, the, the excellence that I'm bringing to the table because you're so distracted by this. So to be in an environment where your colleagues are like, oh, that's great, you cut your hair, but you also know what you're doing. <laughs> like, this is that's but the, great. But the, the reality for me is I don't look like normal here in Colorado. It's, yeah. remember, I am not normal, I am abnormal. So the fact that my colleagues are willing to learn and they're, they, they're willing to ask questions of me if they don't know something, I'm like, I'd rather you ask me than you walk out here and be in ignorance. Come mm-hmm. Yeah. I said we have to be friends. 
it's just, it, to me, it means more when we can have a one-on-one -on -one conversation about real life matters and me walking in my full blackness and you understand it instead of you having these preconceived notions about what you possibly see on TV. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Um, so I want to talk to you uh, about purpose. And you mentioned this, you know, in, in, in earlier in our conversation, um, what I'll start here. This may be a really big question, but where, what do you believe your purpose is? Ooh, that is a big question. I feel like purpose is unraveled on a daily basis. Right now, my purpose is to walk fully in the calling that God has for me as an internal auditor here in Denver, Colorado. That's my purpose right now, career-wise. And each year, each year when I complete a vision board or I, I have time for prayer and fasting, I am learn. It's, it's like different facets of myself are revealed every year. Because my per the purpose that was over my life in 2020 is going to look totally different from 2021. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it's going to look like this year. We're two days into 2021. Yeah. Just like I don't know what I'm gonna do right now. I'm gonna just binge some Netflix and chill out. <laughs> yes, and yeah. I, and it, and for me, I had to learn to pur purpose for me right now looks like stillness. Ooh, that's good. Because I, I am such a person that likes to be busy for the sake of being busy. I ain't got nothing to do. But same I, girl, same something. It's it's just it's just natural for me. So I feel like in in for 2020 and everything with COVID it put me in a place where I had to be still and I had to be in my thoughts and I had to understand who Erica was in 2020. And that, that moment of stillness allowed me to accomplish more than what I thought I could in, by the age of 30. And I was shocked at myself, but it, I feel like a lot of accomplishments for me in 2020 only, only came to me because I was still enough to hear from the voice of God that, hey, this is what you should possibly be doing right now. This is this is the direction I need you to go in and I need you to just be still and listen. I was like, oh, and stillness is uncomfortable. Oof, stillness, Ooh, girl, yes it is. Stillness is so uncomfortable because nobody likes, I don't, I don't know someone that loves to always be in their thoughts. Mm -hmm. It's healthy to be able to have dialogue with yourself. It's just a form of self-talk. The way we're talking now, we should be able to have these type of conversations with ourselves because nobody's gonna know me like me. Yeah. Yep. You spent you spent all of, the only person that spent every day, all day, every single day of your life with you is you. Um, and yeah, like that. The stillness is uncomfortable. It is because for for folks who are, and I guess even in our, you know, I don't know if this is a age thing, like young. Uh, millennial I don't know if that's a millennial thing or if it's a culture thing but we like to be busy like we like to oh man I gotta go here oh man I can't meet up with you because I gotta go do this thing and I realized even just this weekend I'm like oh I need to do this this week and I'm like mm, you don't you know you can yeah. you can sit down and chill you can watch Bridgerton for seven hours straight um, <laughs> and, and uh, you know you can rest and also you can one thing that I found in 2020 similarly what you know I spent a lot of course we all spent a lot of time alone mm -hmm. but in that quietness is when you can actually hear when you quiet yes. the chatter of day-to-day -day life 
when you quiet the chat up, oh, I got to be here. Oh, I got to rush to get to the office. And I remember even um, earlier last year, I was writing in my journal, what distracts me from spending time with God every day? Mm. It is the, oh, I got to rush to get to the gym in the morning. I got to get back and get changed. I got to get to campus at this time. I got a class here. I got this. I got to study this. I got to do this. Yeah. 2020 said, <laughs> your gym is in your living room. Your office is also in your living room. You have nowhere else to go. Your commute is non-existent. And now your quiet time with God can be unlimited because all you got is time it's to time. be quiet. You time. can't do nothing else. You know, the whole city is shut down. Um, and <clears throat> we had like, it's the, the, but the fruit of that though is mm-hmm. there are moments and there are moments where, you know, I still wrestle with like, I'm having difficulty in my prayer life or whatever. But the fruit of that is that the time spent edifies your spirit. Um, yeah. The time spent in silence, you're like, oh, okay, you get to you get to walk through your thoughts, and also a healthy way to to you know kind of okay, I got to sit with myself because I ain't been sitting with myself for the past mm-hmm. five years. I've been moving and going, I've been traveling, I've been yeah. eating, out. I've been going to brunch, yeah. I've been doing this because um, I like to be busy. And yeah, so that's good. Yeah, 2020 taught us stillness. Yeah, and we and we all have the same. 24 hours in a day but the thing is how are you going to steward that time mm-hmm. no not all not all 24 hours have to be productive yes you need time for rest yes you need time for sleep and whatever else but how are you going to be a good steward over the time that you have yeah well, we don't know when our 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 moment in our life could just be gone from this earth so why can't we just steward the time that we have wisely yeah I like the way I like that you use the word steward the time because we've been the time that we have is a responsibility mm-hmm. like we have been gifted this time to yeah. be good stewards over and we are going to have to give an account for how much you know the way we use that time um mm-hmm. I, one thing I want to go back to though you said <clears throat> purpose your purpose changes um and you know in 2020 your purpose was this today your purpose is this and in this season of life your purpose is to be the best auditor at your intern auditor at your at your company that you can be, mm-hmm. um, and so what? How to someone? I guess to someone, what would you say from your experience to someone who is wrestling with understanding their purpose? Mm-hmm. From your perspective, how would you how would you say they kind of get into a position where they can understand that? If that makes sense. <laughs> You and I were both believers. We believe in Jesus Christ. So for us, we're going to go to the source. We're going to go to the word of God. And the word of God is going to give us instructions because it's nothing more than a manual to help us understand what our life should be and how we should lead our live our lives on a daily basis. But regardless of what, what's also in the word of God, he's also given us people on earth to help guide us in in the path that we should go. I'm grateful that I have mentors. Sometimes purpose comes through being connected to other people. Mm -hmm. Purpose, like my purpose, once I I got to Savannah State, my purpose changed so much because of the people I was connected to. They were able to give me guidance as to, yes, I knew I wanted to be in in an accountant, but how I was able to get these internships, it, it, it was all about connections to individuals. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like some people, they, they don't want to, 
they, they may not have that relationship with God where they want to just go to him in prayer and they want to seek him. But sometimes you just need to go around and ask questions. A lot of times we don't get what we want out of life because our mouths are closed and we don't know how to ask. Come on. You have not because you ask not. That, that, that's that's what we're gonna say but on, at the at the end of at the end of the day there are so many things that we could get out of life if we only ask yeah because what's the worst that can happen somebody say no i don't want to give you this opportunity or no i don't want to connect you with this person no is the worst that can happen but you won't know unless you ask yeah yeah that's sometimes good. your purpose is not going to come until you're connected with some of the right people yeah yeah that's good connections and asking for what you want um mm-hmm. and what you and what you need in that season so it could be hey i need some guidance on this can you can you give me some guidance um i had a i had a, this was a small situation i was um trying to figure out whether i was going to ask for some time to study for x y and z um during one of my rotations and a friend of mine she was like girl just ask you can't you know i was trying to like figure like should i do the is this a she's like girl just ask and i'd be doggone i asked they're like yeah sure it doesn't matter to us <laughs> but you had all there was a story that you told yourself you'd already made up in your mind like there is no but yep. we all have those stories that we tell ourselves and it's really not the true answer yeah yes oh it's, it's just like uh-uh no stop stop telling yourself certain stories and just ask the question and get the true answer yes 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 because the story it. in your mind is can be completely different from reality mm-hmm. um and we good for making up a story good for making up oh a story. yeah yeah um so what so talk about um how you let's talk about like womanhood right and mm-hmm. um how you are evolving as a woman and what, when you look at where you are now, um, what do you think, what is valuable to you in this season of life as a woman? Mm. As, a, as a woman, I think the most valuable thing for me at this stage in my life is my peace of mind. And I- <laughs> Protect your peace at all costs, at all costs, yes. I, I think it was a few years ago, you, you sent me a message and you said, yeah, you just need to protect your peace. And it, it stuck with me. I was like, oh, that's, that's good. Yep. My peace is something that I can control. It's easy, easy for us to, to, walk, to walk, on, on, walk in life on a daily basis and allow everything else to affect us. And that's affecting our peace. It's affecting our, our habits on a daily basis. But the, my peace, I came to the realization through counseling and, and some other things that like my peace is what I control. Mm-hmm. I mean, protect my peace at all costs. At all costs. And, and, and me protecting my peace looks like setting up boundaries. My bound and its boundaries, not just personally, but also professionally with my family, with my coworkers, with friends, it's boundaries in every aspect of my life. And no, it's not like physical laws being put up, but sometimes it's just saying, no, no, yeah. I can't do this today. No, I just need to be here in this house by myself today. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I need to, or, um, what I realized, maybe, I don't know when I sent you that, but maybe I was in a season of realizing that, um, (laughs) is that, you know, protecting my peace may be, it may come in the form of somebody may want to have a conversation with you, right? You know what? Right now is not the time for me to have that conversation, but can we have that later? 
or um, you know what I need to in the midst of everything going on in 2020 I need to um, turn the news off mm-hmm. you know protecting your peace means guarding what goes in your mind it goes in, in your, your heart it goes in your heart like everything like mm, no I'm not gonna answer this phone because I know this person is calling me with some x y and z or, mm-hmm. um, you know, setting up, you know, I set up a physical bound on my phone because I'm like, oh, I can't check. I don't check my email on on Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. or this is my day. Or if you call me and I'll answer, it just boundaries because I ain't answering the phone today. Yeah, um, and, I, and, and the word we use when we, we talk at some point in November was capacity. I yeah. have capacity to talk to you about X, Y, and Z right now. I don't have the capacity to handle this extra project. Capacity is everything. Yeah. But you control by sometimes just saying, no, I can't do it right now. Period. No buts, no ands, no ors. No. Yeah. And we, I think so often as a culture, we like to pour from empty cup. Mm -hmm. We like to take Mm -hmm. on, and that's part of the addiction to busyness. We like to take on, take on, take on. Oh yeah, I can take on this. Oh yeah, I can take on this. And in that in that sense, instead of giving everything to a thing or one a task, we mm-hmm. give a little bit to a bunch of stuff. Um, and we're not totally focused on what we should be focusing on. And and from a in medicine, we are taught to multitask. Oh, you can you know you can do this and do this. And it's 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 kind of yes that works, but it's also not necessarily the best thing all the time. Like. Oh, mm-hmm. I should not always be multitasking because I'm not giving what I need to give to that. And there's a certain capacity that I have. I can't take on more. Um, mm-hmm. And I think what bottom line, I think it's so valuable to be in tune with who you are and to be in tune with your limits and um, what you can take on. And also what using wisdom and what you should take on in a certain season. Yep. Um, yeah. Using so wisdom, true. using wisdom. Um, so who... Um, I will say I asked this question a lot and I did the, uh, this podcast came about because I, I talk a lot about uh, friendships and relationships. Um, for those who are listening, who may not know, I host another podcast called medicine and color. And in those, in the questions with, um, with those who are on that podcast, I ask a lot about relationships and friendships, um, and the value of friendships in your circle. So I want to ask you this question is who's in your friend circle? Um, and who, you know, yeah. And how did you cultivate those relationships? Oh, my friend circle is, it's, it's vast. I have like, I have my high school friends. I have my college friends. I have my brunch friends. I have my wine friends. I have my friends that I can two-step with. I have the friends that I can call to pray me through anything and vice versa. It's just, my friend group is, it's different, but I feel like each person that I have met on, oh, especially over the past five to six years of my life, we have been able to cultivate relationships because we just have certain common interests. Mm-hmm. You know, we were intentional about building those relationships and keeping them going and keeping the momentum of that friendship going. And some of my friends are very much like family. They're my chosen family. Yeah. Especially with me living in Colorado, I had to be intentional about building relationships. I'm 2,000 miles plus away from home. Yeah, Cousins are out here. No bloodline is out here. But if it were not for who I call my family out here, the people that I sometimes spend Christmas and Thanksgiving with and holidays, I don't know if I would have been able to sustain myself. I probably 
stuff and packed my bags and went down south. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, it, it, I think it's just been important to have like intentional friend, intentional friendships. Yeah. That are willing to, to call and check in every now and then. And I'm the type of friend where I don't expect people to text me or call me every week or every day. It just, that, to me, that's not what friendship is. Yeah. Friendship is us being able to catch up even after two, three months. And guess what? The relationship is still the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Distance and time should not make us grow farther apart. Sometimes it should allow you to, to, to grow fonder of each other. Yeah. Yeah. And you got something to talk about when you finally talk again. <laughs> yeah. Just catching up every week. I'm like, that's just not my vibe. Ain't my, ain't my thing. <laughs> um, so you moved, you moved all the way from Georgia to Denver. What is that like? Like all the way across the country. <laughs> what is it like? It's, it's different, but being in Denver is a part of the purpose for my life. So I actually, I'm actually working full-time with the company that I interned with back in 2012. Mm-hmm. The relationships allowed me to come back because those individuals were keeping up with me. And they actually, um, my former manager actually offered me this position in March or April of 2016. But at that point, I was newly engaged and I was like, oh no, I can't leave Atlanta. It wouldn't be right. And I was talking to my dad about it. And my dad was like, you should leave. You should go to Denver. Because if this individual that you're in a relationship with loves you and the purpose that's connected to you, they should be willing to to assist you in following with you through your purpose. Yeah. That person wasn't uh, accepting of the calling on my life at that time. And guess what? God eventually just removed them from my life. And in March of 2017, this same job was offered to me again. Mm -hmm. I got a second chance at purpose. And I feel like sometimes it doesn't happen that way. Life doesn't give you a second chance at the same opportunity. Mm -hmm. How I knew it was intentional for me to be all the way out here in Denver, Colorado, far away from family, but it allowed me to learn so much more about myself throughout that move. Because I had, like I was saying earlier about intentions, I had to be intentional about building relationships with individuals that will help me on this journey. Mm -hmm. I'm in a career that I actually love, but I'm building relationships with people that I actually care for too. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. Um, as someone who has lived, I feel like in a lot of places <laughs> I live, I think one of the, the most pivotal places that I've lived, pivotal moments in my life was when I lived in New York City. Um, and I moved there with, I didn't, well, let me say this. I, I didn't really know anyone, but my mother knows every human born on the planet. Of course, so she does. Of course I had somewhere to stay. <laughs> um, but I moved there at 24 and, um, my mo- my mother called a friend and was like, hey, my daughter's moving to uh, New York. You know somebody up there? That-? And she was like, yeah, let me call my cousin. And I ended up staying at her cousin's house um, the first week and a half that I was in New York City. But that, like living, living in a city alone, especially a place like New York City, that- there was so much I learned about myself and like just in general, how I could 
how I could literally survive, like how I Mm -hmm. could handle myself, how I could care for myself, how I could, um, how I I built community there and had relationships with folks and um, people looked out for me in amazing ways. And Mm -hmm. my relationship with God deepened because I was by myself. Yes. Um, And so I had, you know, I'm like, all right, well, I got to figure this out. I've got to learn how to do this on my own. And so I think there's such value in going to just going yeah, period just go. um, and when people people ask me well should I do this should I I want I'm like you should move you should go and the worst case scenario is you could always go back home um <laughs> or you can you know what I'm saying if something happens if you need to go home you can go home but you yeah. should go don't let the fear of going um scare yeah. you from going and I remember the day that I September 7th I think it was a Wednesday 2000 13. I cried on that plane from Savannah to New York because I was terrified. Although this is what I always wanted. Like I wanted to live in New York City. I wanted to live in Brooklyn. I was terrified. Girl cried, took a nap, got up and cried some more. But when I got and got bamboozled by that cab driver, by the way. But anyway, hey, $50 for a cab. I'm like, this something ain't right. But he knew knew it. He knew it. He (laughs) saw the green on my face when I got out when I walked out of that airport. Um but there's such value in going and challenging yeah. yourself to stay too. Um, yeah. yeah, when things get difficult, go ahead. But even my journey, like the, I actually drove from Atlanta to Denver and that journey was fun for me because I, most of it was one of my sister friends who helped me move cross country. We stopped at a few wineries and we literally just took our time. Mm-hmm. Atlanta to Denver. And there are moments in the memories that I'll always have from that experience, but I couldn't even shed a tear leaving Atlanta and leaving Georgia because I knew I had a second chance. Yeah. Running towards the hills and I'm like, I'm out of here. Because I knew I wasn't going to get that chance again for the third time. No, it don't work like that. Mm -mm. Either you move when you have the opportunity to move or you'll end up stagnant. Yeah. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to live another year of my life stagnant because I was stuck on somebody else's purpose and not living mine. Come on, let me, ooh, say it again. Say it again. I don't want to don't. I did not want to live stagnant mm-hmm. in purpose because I was trying to live someone else's. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times in life and especially black women, we sometimes sacrifice for everybody else and we don't take into account our own thoughts, our own feelings, our own desires. I'm like, Mm-mm, I'm too young to do all this sacrificing. I'm gonna live for me. Hello. Hello, somebody. Hello, girl. I just, I just maybe in the last, I say last year or so I came, maybe not even last year, maybe last six months, I came to that realization. I was like, oh, I need to get back to Savannah. I need to do this. And I was like, Alicia, Savannah gonna be there. And whatever's gonna happen while you're not there, we're gonna ha- when you're there, we're gonna happen when you're not there anyway. So it is what it is. Yeah. Do, you know, walk, go, go forward in a way that you believe that your life is supposed to go and walk in purpose in this way. Um, and if that will is for you to be back in Savannah at some point, sure. But right now, you know, yeah. I love the Northeast. Well, <laughs> mine is winter because I was shoveling snow a couple of weeks ago and Lord knows. <laughs> That is not my ministry. Ooh, that is the one thing I'm thankful for. Now that I am working from home, I will peek out the window. I'm like, oh, it's snowing. Let me get back to work. Mm-hmm, girl. 
I am enjoying, I am enjoying this luxury of life of working from home too much. Girl, girl, that's, that's shoveling snow. I was like, oh Lord, that mercy. This ain't, my body was hurting for a solid three days. Oh yeah. Especially <laughs> if it's, if, if it's heavy snow, oh, it's a good mm-hmm. shoulder. Trust me, I've done my shove. Mm, girl. Shoveling. And then, then it rained, I think it snowed and then it gave way to rain. Mm, even when I tried to heavy. go out there, it was heavy, girl. Even when I tried to go out there early, and so I was like, it was like, nah, girl, this you need you need two people out here. Um, <laughs> next time I have to get on Angie's list and ask somebody to come see plow this snow for me. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So so let me ask you this: in the midst of all of um all of 2020 and all that stuff that you know all that has happened, whether it be you know international pandemic, um, social political unrest, loss, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Uh, what has brought you joy? I think one of the things that has brought me joy, I, I'm possibly to being able to purchase my first home and be in the <laughs> the comforts of my house. Yes. As a as a black woman to be able to accomplish this during a pandemic, I might add. Mm-hmm. I didn't take it as a small feat. And every day I wake up and I say, Oh God, I thank you. Mm-hmm. I thank my house yes and I'm grateful that I have the the means to actually provide for myself so it brings me joy to wake up and light a candle and just pray and start my day by meditating and doing what I want to do in the comforts of my home yeah of course you know I love me some wine yes she does come on tell us about it Tell us about it. So over the over the course of the pandemic, I just I, I could not travel to vineyards and gallivant through vineyards like I would typically do over the summer. So the the one thing that I knew I wanted to do is I knew I wanted to learn more about wines from different regions. So I decided to to start a wine certification class, and I began the wine certification process, and I, I finally passed my my first level. So I am a yes yes a W set level one. Basically, I'm just a little bougie wine snob. Yes, yes, girl. Yes. Come on. That's now. all it is. But I was able to, to, to actually start that process during, during the pandemic because it actually brought me joy. I'm like, oh, I get to learn about something that, that not only can benefit me personally through a side hustle, but with my career and my job that I have now, it could benefit me there too. And I'm actually in talks now with my boss to say, hey, how can we utilize this certification to actually help me at work? So it's it was beneficial on on both ends, personally and professionally. But it's like, hmm, yeah, my home brings me joy. It's peaceful. It's calming. And it's just wine brings me joy because wine brings people together. Yeah. To have a girlfriend over and just like, oh, let me open a bottle. Let's just chill out. Yeah. Yeah. Did. yes yes i told you uh when was this earlier this year i went i went to atlanta to see joseph and mm-hmm. everything and i was he said he said hey pour me a glass of wine i, I started pouring he said no 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 give me an erica size pour give me an erica size pour please please that's a compliment yes <laughs> yes yes purchase the home in a pandemic working on um your certification past level one of your certification already and um and just to me you are the personification of joy if y'all ever see erica dance 
Erica brings the life to a part. Let me tell y'all something. I, I mentioned this already, but Erica loves a good line dance, y'all. A good two-step, a good we'll dance through, we'll we'll sweat out a party. We'll sweat out a party. And to- I, don't, I don't care if I'm in a ball gown or if I'm in tennis shoes and a sweatsuit. If the beat drops, I need to dance. Come on. Why, why can't I just live in the moment? Because a lot of times we forget to live in the moment. Yeah. And dancing for me allows me to forget about the woes of life and just be present. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those two steps I've been doing, it's a little intricate, but it's like, all right, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, go. All right. And I just, <laughs> I, I just, I just love to dance. And I was, I was actually home in Savannah a few months, uh, last month. And I was out two steps. I had myself a blast. Yeah, you did. I did so much that I woke up the next morning that my thighs and my feet were aching. Mm, got my old knees now. I was like, oh, I danced myself into the ache. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. That's a compliment. I danced myself into aching. Yes, girl. Yes, yes, yes. Um, what what if you had to choose a dance, like a, you know, a line, whatever it is, is the wobble? Is it? good old electric slide what is it no yeah yes i love the wobble but one of my favorites is to me is can't get enough okay it, when the beat drops it's just oh that's to me is can't get enough and i automatically go into the routine yeah it actually happened um in february 2020 i went to a a, a former uh, not a former friend but a current friend's wedding and Tamia's can't get enough came on and I was in the process of talking to he and his wife. I said, hold on, I got to go to the dance floor. And <laughs> I myself to the dance floor and guess what? I went back to talking to them after the dance was over. Yeah. I lived in the moment. And to this day, they talk about that experience because it's like Erica really loved us so she could do this dance. Well, let me go learn this dance. And they practiced the dance a few weeks later. Yeah. I- what you know so next time to come on we can dance together that's right that's right live in the moment that's a lesson for me too i think i'm all I'm, a lot of times i'm 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 getting ready for the next like, mm-hmm. okay this is done i gotta get the next thing i gotta do the next mm-hmm. thing i do the next thing live in just the be moment present. yeah be just present. be present live in the moment that's so good mm-hmm. that's so good. um so erica thank you I, I appreciate us having a chance to talk, Doctor Williams. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Erica. You you have been one of my most um, fervent supporters, publicly and privately, and uh, I'm grateful for you. I'm, I'm I'm thankful for the joy that you bring to my life, and um, uh, for the way you impart like you impart wisdom into into my life. So I'm I'm grateful for you.